this week on Missions Today. We've got personally prodigal kids that have gone down the drug addiction road. We have one that's incarcerated right now. So the ministry is of that nature. A lot of folks have experienced that in their families somewhere. So giving back into that, I had the privilege of mentoring a young lady that's in prison right now. And that's because I have a son in prison and he tells me all the time the importance and the value of just having someone to connect up with outside of the walls of prison is meaningful and having someone to encourage them in that journey while they're there. Using personal experiences and a love for people, our guest this week is helping her church find ministries that will impact the community and the culture for Christ. Hi, I'm Colin Lambert, and this is Missions Today from Resource Global. Bonnie Epperson is a mom of six. She's been a women's ministry leader and now helps her church engage more deeply with local and global missions that are changing people's lives with the gospel. But Bonnie's most interested personally in local mission work. And that's why she's dedicated her life to impacting the community of Louisville, Kentucky. If you have the desire for your church to be more engaged in local missions, or you just want to be more involved yourself, listen up. You might just get some good ideas today. Activating local church missions. That's the topic this week on Missions Today. Bonnie, thanks for your time. Tell us a bit about your current involvement with your church. My current involvement is in the missions ministry here at Southeast Christian Church in Louisville, Kentucky. My particular role is developing partnerships in predominantly local here in Louisville with nonprofit faith-based organizations. I also have a few in the U.S. and I have a few in the global arena of missions. So we just build relationships. We learn what they do. We develop a great relationship between that partner, that ministry, and the people of our church to help them engage in mission trips, short-term trips, to help them locally engage in serving opportunities. Uh, We want our people to know what their tithes and offerings are going to. Let's talk a little bit about your story, and then we're going to come back and talk through some of the different things you're involved with there locally in your church, some of the people you connect with, and hear some of the stories of God at work as well. Uh, But let's start with your story. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and a bit about your journey of faith. I grew up here in Louisville. This is my home. My family grew up here. We grew our children all up here in the south end of Louisville, involved in our home church for 40 plus years, and then moved to southeast about 17 years ago. We're all here in Louisville, but I grew up in a church that did not do a lot of missions. So it wasn't anything I really grew up understanding other than occasionally we might have a missionary that came in and spoke, but missions was not a core value of our home church. So when I came to work for Southeast, I came to work with them under a different ministry. And after I shifted from there, I was approached to come and serve on the missions ministry. And one of the questions they asked me was, why would you want to work in missions? And now I was approached to come and work with missions. And I said, I really don't know anything about missions. I've never been on mission trips other than I was currently on a mission because we had prodigal children at the time. And we were just struggling as a couple to battle that. And so my mission was reaching them and loving them. 
And they said, that validates, come on board with us. <laughs> so I came to work in the missions ministry about 17 years ago. They started off in the office receiving phone calls. After four months, I said, I'm hearing all of these stories of what God's doing in our own city and abroad. And I just said, I want to be a part of that. You know, I appreciate that there needs to be someone in the office all the time, but oh my goodness, just what was happening in our city with people's lives. I just want it to be a part of that. So about four months later, we lost someone and they moved me out into the community. Now I grew up in Louisville. I did not know my city well at all because my church was very internal. Everything was bring everybody to us and not external. The only time I ever went outside of my area of Louisville was to do hospital visits. That was a part of what we did. But I grew up in a home where my parents had open doors to everyone. We had incarcerated folks come in and visit. We had missionaries come in and visit. Our home was just an open door for all types of people. And I learned to appreciate that. So I'm now out into our community in my city that I did not know well at all. And so I'm learning to appreciate it. I'm learning to appreciate the culture of different people groups. Louisville is one of the largest cities for refugees and immigrants. And so we have a community of all different people groups. So we are actually on a mission field right here in our own city. And it's been beautiful. We partner with a lot of ministries that service our immigrants and refugees. It's been a wonderful experience of getting to know my city in a fresh new way, learning to look at partners that are serving the different people groups, anywhere from pregnancy centers to recovery places to refugees, immigrants, drug addictions, um, just anything you can think of. Our city has a large nonprofit component to it. It's just opened my eyes to a lot of what God's doing in our city. It's just been beautiful. So I appreciate my parents teaching us the value of opening your doors to whomever and whatever, because it teaches us a whole lot. So I've grown since I've been a part of this ministry deeply. Well, what a beautiful picture. And it's, it's uh, you, you actually said, I really had never been exposed to missions. And then you told the story of your parents and I'm thinking yeah. they exposed you. It might not have been called missions, but they certainly exposed you to the truth of being available for God to use for some incredible things. And I know that you all are doing that right now. I want to go back for just a moment to your younger years. You said you weren't aware of missions per se, other than maybe a missionary visiting occasionally. Did you ever believe that you would be involved in ministry in your life? Yes. My last three years of high school, my parents pulled us out of the public school system and into Christian private schools. So over the last three years of my education, I was involved in a Christian school that was a part of missions. And so when I graduated from high school, I wanted to go to a Bible college. And at that Bible college, they had a strong missions focus. And I remember sitting in the mission conference that this school had thinking, Lord, if I'm single the rest of my life, I just want to do whatever you call me to do. Needless to say, within a year of Bible college, I ended up going home and getting married and home life raising kids became 
my life. So it wasn't until about after our last child was born, he was about four years old, when there became a shift in my life of, I'm going to be not an empty nester, but I'm not going to have kids at home. And what am I going to do with my time? That was a point in time when I just bathed myself in prayer, Lord, what am I going to do with my time? I'm not one that just sits around and watches TV and I'm typically a busybody, which can be a downsider. But I remember the years in my Bible college where I was just asking the Lord to show me what to do. Now, I'm married. We have kids now. So that looks different from when I was single in college. But it was a few weeks after that deep, deep prayer. It was in January. And I really focused on, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? What are you calling me to? And my home church called me and asked if I would lead women's ministries at their church. Now, I struggled with a learning disability, so I'm dyslexic, and I struggled in all my years of schooling, and that feared me. That was a component that the enemy had a stronghold in my life, and that was fear of allowing God to do whatever he wanted to do. And so when I was asked to lead, I immediately said, no, I can't do that. (laughs) I'm a stay-at-home mom. I can raise kids, but... This gentleman that invited me to this place in my home church was my father's age and his kids and my family, we all grew up in the church together. So he knew me very well. Our church had gone through a horrific split and we dropped from 1800 to about 200 and the church had no staff. The only one left was our financial advisor. And he was just paying bills to keep the lights on. So I said no. And he saw something in me that I did not see in myself. He says, Bonnie, I think you can do it. I think you can do it. And I cried and wrestled with the Lord because all I knew is that this person has to be on a platform. They have to talk in front of people. I didn't pray in front of people at that time. So just education and all that was very hard for me. So my husband prayed, we prayed about it, and uh, I answered the call, and it was almost immediate that the Lord just birthed in my heart when I said, yes, Lord. And honestly, one of the other fears other than myself, my inadequacies, was that I saw so many church leaders fall to the wayside because of prodigal children, because of broken marriages, because of sinful lifestyles as church leaders. And in my perspective, that's what church people endured. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I don't want to have to go through all of that just to be a church leader. So the Lord had to work in my heart through all of that before I could say yes. But when I said yes to the call, there was an immediate hunger to learn about how I can truly serve women. I did that for 10 years before I went into missions. And I've just seen God do something that was just unspeakable in my own heart. Thank you for sharing that story. That's an incredibly powerful story. And I hope maybe someone listening today who feels that same inadequacy for whatever reason will know that God can do amazing things, extraordinary things with ordinary people. We're all broken vessels, so the the fact that he uses any of us is amazing, but that's a beautiful picture of that that you've just shared, so thank you for that. 
before we move on to the missions part, one more question about kind of those years of ministry to women, maybe a thing or two you learned during that time, either that things that God taught you or just in the process of leading. What are a couple of things maybe God taught you during that time? I would say one of the greatest lessons is, number one, we don't want to do ministry alone. So find someone, find someone, pray that God will just bring someone along to help encourage you. It can get lonely. Temptation is out there for everyone, but especially for those in ministry. Marriages can be on the rock. I would say one of my biggest struggles is that when God birthed in my heart the calling of ministry, I dived into it full force. So there was a lack of balance in my life. I loved it so much, but yet I had six kids and a husband at home, and he had to constantly run me back in into what I supposed to do at home. So it was just the balance. uh, And it's what I share with everyone is keep the balance in your life. Your home and your family is first, other than God. (laughs) Your ministry is after your family, your first priority. So I just got off balance a lot. And when we love what we do, it's easy to do that. Uh, let's let's move to your time now at Southeast. You talked about how it kind of started. You're working at the desk and you started seeing what the Lord was doing. And you're like, I want to be a part of that. And I love that part of the story as well. Talk a bit about your responsibility and the kinds of things you do day to day to make sure that your church is actively engaged as they can be in the city. Well, that is a... It's a high honor and a high privilege and can be very overwhelming because I am representing my church when I go out into the community. So everything I say, my behavior around people is very critical, but I love my church. I love the establishment of the local church. I think it's important. And I believe that the local church is a conduit for the gospel. When we work with ministry partners And those partners come into our fold as a church when we are asked by different ministries if they can partner with Southeast. So we have a process of application. We review them. So it's a very long, tedious process because we want to make sure that those organizations are a true representation of who we are as a church. And not to say that they're all perfect. We've had to sever ties with some relationships, and those are hard conversations that we have to have, but they align up with our statement of faith. Daily, yesterday even, I was going out in the community and just visiting our partners. So it's building those relationships. How are things going? How can we pray for you? What's God doing in this past couple of weeks? We do grants for some of these ministries. When we do grants, we follow up with how that's going. It's just really building the relationship, being the liaison to these ministries to make sure that they're continuing to stay in alignment with what we originally agreed on. And then it's helping our members find their active service here in our city. So we have medical partnerships, we have pregnancy partnerships. So trying to find our members that want to serve in some capacity in our local city and how we can match them up. How can we connect the dots? And we're just trying to help unleash. It's kind of our mantra right now at Southeast is unleashing people to do what God's called them to do. Use their gifts and talents that they have 
and be involved in what God, your tithes and offerings are going to these ministries here in our own city and abroad. And so how can you be a part of that? And there's something beautiful. I went on my first mission trip about 12 years ago, and it's life-changing. Focus is more local than abroad, but it's everywhere. And just being a part of missions and sharing the stories of when we come back from a mission trip, how that can impact other people. So it's just beautiful to build these relationships and know what's going on. And when we hear from a church member or even people in the community that have a heart for something, then we can quickly say, have you heard about this ministry? What fits one person may not fit another person. Ministries, how they can get involved with different ministries according to their passion. And some people don't really know their passion. They, they don't know what that even looks like. So helping our members to navigate that and help them and understand, just try it. If it fits, great. If it doesn't, we'll navigate you into another area. You know, I think you shared something very important that I think anybody who's a church member can identify with, and in the Western church at least, and that is we have for so many years become so comfortable and so accustomed to just giving to ministries and not actually doing ministry. And yeah. it sounds like you all are are, are working hard to make sure not only is the church engaged in ministry, but the people of the church are moving outside the walls and doing some of that work themselves. It's not about doing works, but it's about putting feet to your faith. It's about really uh, exercising that faith, engaging that passion, not just saying, I've written a check and that that cares for it all. And I, you know, I, I'm as guilty as anybody. I think we all, again, have been kind of lulled in in modern day American church into this level of comfort that I gave to it. Exactly. That's all that I need to do. But really, I think God calls us to more, and hopefully, even in listening to this, people who are church members who maybe have given would be motivated, would be moved yeah. to actually uh, step out to one of those ministries that they give to, to uh, try one of those trips, to engage yeah. with one of those uh, ministry opportunities exactly and right. actually see what God might do yeah. through the action. But we have to take that first step you know, God expects us to take the step. So thank you for sharing that part, because that's that's so cool. Well, uh, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but kind of give us an idea of the types of ministries you do partner with in Louisville, and then maybe share a story or two of, of what you see God doing or stories you've heard. We partner with pregnancy centers, getting people involved with maybe a mom who lost a baby, maybe a mom who found herself pregnant out of wedlock when she was young or even older. Just ministries such as that, recovery. We've got personally prodigal kids that have gone down the drug addiction road. We have one that's incarcerated right now. So the ministries of that nature, a lot of folks have experienced that in their family somewhere. So giving back into that, I have the privilege of mentoring a young lady that's in prison right now. And that's because I have a son in prison and he tells me all the time the importance and the value of just having someone to connect up with outside of the walls of prison is meaningful and having someone to encourage them in that journey while they're there. We've lost babies. So having a pregnancy resource center that just really loves on you during those times, we work with the anti-trafficking group of ministries, which has been huge here in Louisville. Uh, Louisville's known as one of the largest because of our derby that we have here in Louisville. It's one of the largest 
times of the year where trafficking is heavy. And so we have ministries that are there. It's wonderful. I've not experienced that, but we're running across more and more women and even men that are caught up into this world. And with our population of refugees and immigrants, they get lured into that. And in a unconscious way. They, they don't even recognize it, but then they find themselves trapped into the world of all of that and being able to direct them into ministries that can help them get out of that has just been phenomenal. We have a ministry that's on anti-trafficking for youth. And so they're going into schools and educating these kids on what to look for when Maybe your friend is being trafficked and you don't even realize it. So even equipping our church members into that is very, very important. So we offer training and seminars on things of that nature. So your recovery, we have education programs all over the city. COVID obviously have affected a lot of education programs and our youth have fallen way behind. So churches are beginning to step up to the plate offering after-school programs to get these kids up to par of where they are, ministries of that nature, school programs, a lot of education programs, and then a lot of refugee immigrants. We have a ministry that is artisan, so they it's local, and they are trying to provide job opportunities for these women to help support their families, so they create crafts and just beautiful things. We have one that has purchased property and they're starting a whole garden because that's what they're accustomed to in their home. So they grow produce, they sell it, and uh, just beautiful to see that we get to be a part of this and uh, watch them go back to their hometown and a lot of times provide. We work with a heavy population of Hispanics, Cubans here in Louisville. So we partner with churches that really understand this and uh, ministries that help them. I mean, it just goes on and on, Colin, just the opportunities we have right here in reaching people of all sorts. We have a lady lost a son through a tragic auto accident 10, 15 years ago. And so she felt called to start a ministry on grief counseling. When you lose a loved one unexpected, you know how hard that might be. So just being able to have these opportunities where the church may not offer it, but we have some great Christian solid ministries that we can direct you to for help. And it's just been a blessing. Yeah, what an incredible breadth of ministry you're involved with. Uh, Some churches, you know, kind of focus on one thing. You all are involved in so many different things and all powerful ministries that are impacting people's lives. In our final moments here, is there a story that comes to mind that that's that's uh, on your heart that maybe over the last couple of years could be recent, could be something that just happened once you got into the missions area? that just really stood out to you uh, that you could share with us? Yeah, I was hoping the young lady could join me today. She wasn't available. But there's a young lady that was in the world of adult entertainment. Louisville has a lot of adult entertainment components around here. So she was a dancer and got to the place of our ministry, Scarlet Hope, locally, They are national now. They have sites all over. But locally, the way they started their ministry is they went into the clubs 
and the club owners let them come. So their ministry started at 11 o'clock at night and they would go in the clubs and they would provide dinner for the dancers, the bouncers, whoever was there and just love on them. They didn't go in and preach. They didn't go in and push their religion on them. They loved on them right where they were. And the ministry that took place after they got out of the clubs was phenomenal. These ladies, the dancers would call this ministry and say, I don't want this. I want to get out of it. I want something better in my life. And so that ministry was there right for them. So this particular lady was one of them and she called the ministry. And so the ministry loved on her, brought her into the fold. And that was eight years ago. And I just met with her yesterday and she reconvened with her husband. They got back together because she literally left kids and husband to go to that world, watching her reunite with her husband and her kids. And she unashamedly encourages her kids to stay focused on Jesus Christ. And it's just been a beautiful picture. But that young lady has gone on to become a, a hospitality director and has just really made something beautiful of her life. Go out beyond the walls of the building and search what ministries are in your local community. Do your research. Find out what's out there and get your church involved. It will do something to change the mindset of your people. I'm sure you can hear the passion in Bonnie's voice. What a testimony of God's faithfulness to her. And what a testimony that even while dealing with personal and family challenges of her own, she's able to use that to drive her mission to help others through partnerships between her church and her community. My thanks to Bonnie for her time today. If you want to learn more about Bonnie or her church, just check out today's podcast notes. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. Next week, we'll hear from a man whose ministry is using locals to evangelize the world. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, rate it, and leave a review on iTunes. It really helps. And if you have feedback for me, I'd love to hear from you. See Lambert at missionstoday.com. Missions Today is a production of Resource Global.